It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas and your Vegas Golden Knights digital channels. This is Nighttime at Noon from Studio 31 at City National Arena. Ashley Weiss with Gary Lawless. The Golden Knights just wrapping up uh, just their second practice since their first round win over the Winnipeg Jets. They've had some practice. They've had some rest. Uh, it kind of feels like that win came a very long time ago considering all the madness we've seen in the National Hockey League since Thursday. One. Well, the fact that the series doesn't start till Wednesday. Yep. Uh, but, you know, for Braden McNabb, who did not play in uh, in Game 5 and has not practiced with the team yet, it, that's uh, it's obviously that time is good for him. Shea Theodore, you know, he was ill. He's back with the team. So, uh, uh, you know, I think this is probably really good for Mark Stone, another opportunity after some playing some games to – to focus on uh, on on fitness and uh, and working on some things in in practice, but you know, Bruce Cassie, an experienced coach, has been through a lot of playoff series. He'll uh, he would have had a plan ready to go and uh, and unwrap that, unveiled it to the players, and they seem to have responded pretty well. So we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, Edmonton. I, my guess is they would have taken yesterday off and got back on the ice today. They'll travel tomorrow. Uh, spoke to some of their people uh, yesterday, so they'll I think they'll probably skate in Edmonton in the morning and then uh, travel in the afternoon down to Vegas. And uh, all we need now, Ashley, is to find out what time puck drop is on Wednesday night. That's no the one, kidding. Can't one come piece soon enough. That, uh, is not has not hasn't been revealed from the NHL. We should explain this too because you know, I get all these you know DMs and Facebook messages and texts from people asking me when does the series start. Like the minute we know. You know, yeah. We don't. The information isn't. We don't hold on to it to try yeah. and screw with your lives. As soon as the NHL, the NHL sent us a note last night saying, you know, uh, in the in the event of this happening and this happening, that they, they had two schedules, and we'll release this following uh, following the game. And so, sure enough, last night, uh, as soon as the game was over, boom. They sent out the the release. Now the only thing that they, they did it had it had Wednesday, Friday for games one and two, and it had TBD for both of those games. So in the future, don't text Ashley or myself or anybody else that you know that works for the Golden Knights. Just be signed up for your for the notifications from the Golden Knights, and you'll know at the exact same time as me. Good reason to hit follow. Turn those notifications on. Uh, Speaking of that, going to give you a chance, too, to plug something that you wrote. Uh, The headline was, the waiting is the hardest part. What is the vibe you get from the players? As we talk about how hard it is to wait, what do you think these last four days have been like for them? I guess they knew the opponent after two, but then you wait to see when it's going to start. I think there's a combination of things. It's it's really nice in Vegas right now. I think the guys have taken advantage and and played some golf. I went to a, a concert on Saturday night, and there were a couple of the younger players were there at the show. So uh, I, th- I think that it's it's good to a certain extent. Once that sort of the weekend is over, though, like this morning, I, I, everybody would like to play tomorrow is my guess. It's a it, Monday. Every, it's work time. You know what I mean? It's time to get at it. So uh, I was uh, I was just telling you, I woke up at like 4.45 this morning, couldn't fall asleep after that. So I got up and started my charts for, for game one against this series, and uh, I'm almost done. 
getting ahead. Yes. Getting ahead. We're going to preview the series, of course. We're also going to hear from Bruce Cassidy. Should be meeting with the media um, here in just a few minutes. You mentioned the concert, though. That was a Dustin Lynch concert. Did Lawman have the cowboy boots and cowboy hat on for that one? No, but my daughter did. Nice. Way to go, Lauren. Yeah. When we got pretty lucky, we got got to go right. We were right in front of the stage, and they had kind of, they had it blocked off so they only had a certain number of people in that area so you weren't smushed but the sound was excellent and uh you know they could almost reach up and touch them i didn't want them that close but uh yeah you don't want the sweat dripping that's yeah whatever just you know my daughter's 12 she doesn't need to be shaking hands with some country music star fair enough fair (laughs) enough but they he the one song uh um that uh, that they really like uh, been thinking about you they uh he played that and they uh really enjoyed it he did a toby keith cover that i liked uh uh let me guess w- what's a cowboy oh the classic yes uh, the one classic. of shane 90's I, I favorite that one. i videoed a little bit of it and sent it off to shane so, what the sheriff uh, think how about can we talk uh yeah. for a minute about how incredible shane knighty has been doing yeah. on the national broadcasts mm-hmm. four games and four nights from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, he from did our the, game, from yeah. our game five on. Yeah, did Killing Vegas it. on uh, Thursday, then went to Seattle for their game six, then went to L.A. for game six, then to Denver for game seven of that series, and uh, yeah, he fits in uh, uh, real nicely with that group. I happen to think that you know Shane and Dave are uh, are among the very best. Shane, Dave, and yourself amongst the very best uh, in-game crews in uh, in the National Hockey League. And uh, you got to do some national work last year, as did Dave. And this year, Shane is getting uh, is getting a bunch. So uh, well-earned by all of you guys. And uh, Shane is certainly a talent. That's we'll chat sure. with him as the round goes on, too, as he had an up-close-and-look up close and personal look uh, during that Edmonton LA series. Uh, as we await uh, Bruce Cassidy, Gary, want to ask, what did you find was the most encouraging part of round one yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knights? That w- there were a couple of windows of play. Throw game one out. I think game one was, uh, you know, in particular, Mark Stone, Loren Brassois, and Jack Eichel were figuring out. You know, Mark was it was his first game coming back from injury. He wasn't himself. It was Jack's first playoff game and Bressois' first playoff game uh, has a starter and a number one guy with the Vegas Golden Knights and they all had kind of so-so games after that they were all dynamite in the series Uh, but there were a couple of windows let's just go to game five the first and second period of game five like Adam Lowry had had a chance had a scoring chance when it was four on four that was it Vegas, and but while they were giving Winnipeg no opportunity to score, they scored four of their own. So uh, that the the formula of how Vegas needs to play, which Bruce Cassidy has been working on all year long, it's there. George McPhee said to me recently, "Bad teams don't have any leaders. Good teams are led by their coaches. Great teams are led by players." Mark Stone, immediately after game four in Winnipeg, said in the dressing room, everybody's having fun, and he just said, okay, the next one's the big one, guys. It's going to be the hardest. And Nick Hegg told me Saturday morning, Saturday morning after practice, I was asking Nick about this and that, and he said, I said, you guys look like you were ready to go. He said, he goes, I put a lot of that on Stoney. He really had us ready to play. 
So, uh, you know, I mean, I think, and Mark Stone, like, on the ice right now, Chandler Stevenson and Mark and Brett Howden, they all had tremendous series against Winnipeg. So, they, you, know, you know that they're going on the ice, the impact that Mark's had on Chandler's game and Brett's game, and then the impact that Mark is having on the whole team. He makes everybody better. So Edmonton won three of the four meetings this year against Vegas. Mark Stone only played in one of them, and that was an overtime loss. And that was just before Mark shut it down. The effects of his back injury Maybe were, not 100%. were starting to be felt. And uh, just like, look what happened to Boston without, you know, Patrice Bergeron, we find out now he was playing with that the series against Florida with a herniated disc. Well, it's just when, when Vegas lost to Montreal uh, in the last of the COVID seasons, two years ago, Mark was, his back injury was starting to, to, to take root and he wasn't himself. And if he is himself, Vegas wins that series. Instead, they don't, they lose. And uh, I don't think Vegas was going to beat Tampa in the Stanley cup, but you know, all of that would have been different if Mark was healthy. Well, now he appears to be healthy and playing under, you know, that, in the the ability that he has and is having the impact and effect that only he can have and Vegas is just a, they're just a better team for it so that's a huge factor for me from first round he seems to be glowing off the ice too so excited to yeah. be back you can see um, we're actually going to take a quick break before uh, Bruce Cassidy meets with the media we will have that live on the flip side of this break uh, but as we had to break attention Golden Knights fans we need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group also known as the Cherries AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. Make sure to also visit the Arsenal at City National Arena to pick up some Bournemouth merch, including jerseys, scarves, flags, mini soccer balls, and lapel pins. To learn more and be part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. Up the cherries, and we'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights have an opponent. They have a date. It is officially round two week here in Vegas. So thanks for joining us here on Nighttime at Noon. Ashley Weiss and Gary Lawless will be hearing from Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy here shortly. But, Gary, I guess uh, let's just jump right into your overall view of uh, the matchup between the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you know, I like Vegas 5-on-5. I think it's no secret that Edmonton has, you know, historically one of the greatest power plays in the in the history of hockey, and uh, operating at uh, um, I think fifty seven percent in that first round. So uh, you know, Vegas, the other side of that coin is the Golden Knights are the least penalized team in hockey. They had they had less penalties and less power plays against than any other team in the regular season this year. And while they they took some penalties early against the Jets, the last two games saw them only. On the sh- only short short-handed twice in uh, in the last two games of the series, so uh, that's going to be a really be important thing for the Golden Knights. Is they're going to have to check with their legs. They're going to have to be careful with their sticks and not give the referees any reason to put them to, to put them down short-handed. Because if that happens, you know, Edmonton is going to score. They're going to score. They're going to score power play goals, and that's almost uh, for certain. Five on five. I think Vegas is deeper, and they're going to have an opportunity. To you know, they're gonna have to play 
short shifts and really kind of use their depth and their balance to for and and force Edmonton, who's going to counter with a lot of McDavid and Dreisaitl, to and then try and wear those guys out. Would be curious if Laurent Brossois has been having any uh, conversations with the hockey gods at night because the fact that he's having on the journey he's having and then he's having to face each of his two former teams uh, where he was stuck as the backup each time on the way to get there. Yeah, well, he's uh, they they chanted in Winnipeg, "You're a backup," and uh, he proved to them that he is not. He was the better goalie in that series, and uh, I expect Vegas will have an edge in goaltending uh, uh, versus versus Edmonton, who will go with Stuart Skinner. The Oilers stayed in L.A. They're actually practicing uh, in El Segundo at uh, at the Kings practice facility today. So they'll have been away from home for a long stretch before uh, they head back to Edmonton uh, late Friday night or early Saturday morning. Yeah, hopefully Vegas can use that to its advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had talked about the power play for obvious reasons. It's easy to say stay disciplined. What makes it so difficult against this team? Why do they draw well, so many penalties? For one, like McDavid and uh, and Drysaddle are both really fast and really agile. Uh, Drysaddle a little powerful as well. Not that McDavid isn't, but Drysaddle has a little more of that element to his game. So you know, it'd be real crucial to to not turn the puck over, uh, to not try and check those guys. You know, not to be on an island and to to check them has to check as a team. I just think that you know the the back pressure that the Golden Knights committed to at certain stretches of the series versus Winnipeg. Uh, There's going to have to be four games. If the Golden Knights are going to win four games, they're going to have to be near perfect in in their defensive structure and in the the maximum effort to check as a team, Uh, you know, four, four games of regulation or more to, in order to get four wins. That's, uh, that's the way I see it. Edmonton hasn't, uh, you know, they they haven't lost a game in regulation in a long time. I think they went fourteen and one down the stretch, and the, both of their losses versus the Kings in the first round were were went to overtime. And I, you know, the Golden Knights won't care how they do it, but uh, it, it, the Oilers will be an extremely tough out uh, for Vegas, and I, I would suggest Vegas will be an extremely tough out for. For Edmonton as well. I would say best series on the docket, right? It's got to be up there on what we have for round two. Well, you know, Florida just knocked out Boston, so that's uh, super exciting. We don't know, uh, uh, you know, Seattle and Dallas, that'll be interesting. And then uh, if it's the Rangers in Carolina or the Devils in Carolina, that's an interesting series as well. All right. Well, let's hear from Bruce Cassidy, and we'll get back to this. high-octane offensive team power plays, setting all kinds of records. So that's stating the obvious, uh, driven by some high-end players. Maybe some guys behind them, I would say, don't get enough credit. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to beat the others, you got to find a way to slow them down at some point, uh, limit those chances, score yourself, because you're not going to never keep those guys right off the score sheet. So... Um, that's the, the challenge in front of us. So, um, having said that, I think during our Winnipeg series, I felt we got better and better defensive series went on, uh, limiting chances. And if you take away the last eight minutes with the goalie out, I thought the last few games were really good at game four, game five, we're defending, we're reloading all the necessary things 
that are going to come in handy against, not handy, are going to be required against Edmonton. So those are drilled into our game during the year, and we found them again in the series against Winnipeg. So uh, that's good news. is It's very fresh and current in our players' minds, and that's how we're going to have to play. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun, you just touched on how well you guys played defensively in the first round. So how important is it for when you get those transition opportunities because you're going to spend a lot of time trying to slow them down in, in their zone. How important is transition play going to be in this series? Well, I think for us all year, a lot of our offense came from neutral zone takeaways, neutral zone defense, um, protecting the house. And if teams got caught low or risk, made risk, no-look plays to the slot, we had numbers, we transitioned well. Our D would get going. We're a good rush team. That's how we generate a lot of our offense. It wasn't just breakdowns by the other team. It was probably what we did to get the puck back that fueled our offense a lot. So that'll be in play again too if we check well. You know, if you check well, you frustrate. And when teams are when teams are frustrated, they maybe do things they wouldn't normally do or or lose patience, etc. And that's where we got to be um, good on coming back the other way, which we have been. I don't, you know, we had. We scored well against Winnipeg. First game, I'm going to take out the first game for every facet of our game. We weren't good enough. That's an area we're going to have to improve, obviously, our start to the series. After that, a lot of our game was in order. In certain parts of it got better. We had steps, but um, to go to your question, that part of our game was solid and, we'll, and should be there against Edmonton if we're playing like we're supposed to. Jesse Granger with The Athletic. You've mentioned quite a few times how much you like to trust all three defensive pairs and kind of use them interchangeably. Your top two pairs, how differently do you view their strengths and just the style of the way they defend? Not a lot. You know, you got Naber, who's a big body. You know, Petro's a big body. You got Theo that's he's not, not small, but he's, he's more the transition guy, which is obviously Petro's strength as well. And Marty is not as big as Naber, yet takes care of a lot of what Naber does. You know, you, you sort of see the different sizes, but Naber is more like Marty, I think, in terms of how, what they contribute to the pair, defensive stoutness, blocking shots, being the sort of the defensive anchor. And Petro and Theo are more the offensive guys and the puck movers, guys are on the power play. So you got one of each in each pair. Um, so, and I think they can be interchangeable in matchups too, because you because you have one in each pair, right? So I think that's the advantage. And you have some some grit in each one, um, some ability to join the rush in each one, because you're always thinking of that, the way the game is now. You need you need to be a four-man attack at minimum to, to, to create a lot of offense consistently. I don't know if that answers it, but for, for John, he's not from we – don't, we don't say Petro's got uh, line one and Naber line two. It can be interchangeable in the game. Um, especially coming out of special team situation, whoever's up. So that's what we like about them. They can both handle top matchups and, and, and always do. Now you drag, to get away from, you know, Hager and Whitey into this, that the pair was out the other day, they can handle some top matchups. Now, are they ready for it every night in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't know. Time will tell, but they did a pretty good job the other night and, and have done a good job. So that's the advantage of, of our group. We're not, we're not afraid of our third pair playing against top lines at all. In fact, I, I think those guys relish it and probably deserve a little bit more, but they just happen to be stuck behind some, some good players too. Ken Volkeeson in Not Vegas. A lot of people say, like, just stay out of the box and you've got a good chance against the Oilers. Do you feel that it's that simple or is no. there more to it? I mean, they were one for one, two for three. I mean, 
if you take one penalty a period against a very good offensive team, you're, you're probably playing fairly disciplined. Um, to me, it's less about staying out of the box, and it's their ozone time. You've got to find ways to keep them out of your ozone as best as possible. How is that? That's face-offs. Well, that's a tough one with dry saddle right out of the gate. Um, entries. Well, now you've got the fastest guy on the planet, so you know, like that's easier said than done. And clears. So that's where you've got to make sure your clears go 200 feet when you get a chance to get it out. You can, that's controllable. And the entries to a certain extent. You've got to try to de design something to make it harder for them to get in. So I think that's the best chance you have against their power play. Best staying out of the box. And we are the least penalized team in the National Hockey League, so I anticipate we will stay out of the box again. Um, against Winnipeg, we were very disciplined, didn't take a lot of penalties, so that should not change. So I don't anticipate us killing a lot of penalties. On the flip side, they don't always need a lot of opportunities. So that's where we got to be good. Brock from NHL.com. Obviously, you pay attention to the game. You're a student in the game. You, you, you like it a lot. It's it's one versus two. You could say me. I love it, Sean. I love, love it. it. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to put words in your mouth. But it's one two from the 2015 draft in this series. Anytime you have that kind of matchup, there's a little bit of uniqueness to it. These guys had to wait a long time for that to happen. As somebody who loves the game, do you, do you get a little charge out of finally being able to see a matchup like this on such a big stage? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, you know, Connor is is on his own. That's no disrespect to Jack or the next or the number one the next year or the previous year. He is just. Saddle might be the guy that would, would 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 have to say something about say, say something about that, and he's in, he's you know right beside him. So, yes, it's good for Jack. It's great for Jack to have an opportunity to play against the best. I think where Jack is right now, he wanted to play in a playoff series. Period. So we got that under his belt. And now he's he's got a little momentum. So I think that's the next challenge for him. Okay, I may be matched up against one of their elite centermen, or when they're both on the ice at the same time. Now, we're again, we have Stevenson, we have Carlson, so we're lucky in that regard. We have a lot of good centermen be able to match up and check well. But, yes, I think everyone would be talking about that that matchup, uh, whether it's fair to Jack or not. It doesn't matter. It's off hockey. I've got to play the guy across from you, typically, if you want to advance. So that's what's on the table for him. So I look at it as our team has to outplay the Oilers, not Jack McDavid, because that, that's a nearly impossible ask. But... When he's on the ice, I'm sure that's what's going through his head. I got to be better than this guy right now. And like I said, it's not an easy thing to do, but that's that's what's in front of us with this series. Mark Anderson, AP. With all you've gone through with goalie this season, to have Brassad take the reins late in the season and in place of one of the players, what is that? How important was that as far as you don't have to that worry so much anymore that position? Well, you know, you know what we worried about was like. God, we've had a lot of injuries at that position. We're going to have another one. I don't think we're truly worried about who was in there when they were healthy. That's that's the good news. That we weren't like closing our eyes, and and they all played well. So it was the problem keeping them healthy was it was our challenge and their challenge. So it's nice to have a consistent guy in there. Yes, every night, but it didn't bother us. As I said in the regular season, we we came to the rink knowing there was at least one or two healthy guys, and we'd be okay. I think our team. It's goaltender friendly the way we play in front of him, so that helps. It's helped LB in that last series. As I said, I thought we got progressively better, made his life a little bit easier uh, as we went along. And when we didn't, he was really good. So the guys are confident in front of him. Um, they've got a bit of an unproven guy over there too, so there'll be a little bit of conversation about he's going through it for the first, basically the first time. So that's the interesting part about this matchup is is the maybe the limited experience of both goaltenders and playoff hockey. How's that going to play out? <clears throat> 
Also, you guys have been great on the road all season, but it seems like every road team is winning this postseason. Any theories of why that's happening? I was talking about that on the ice with the coaches. It's, it's a good question. I, I thought it mirrors the regular season. We were good on the road. We went out, won two road games. Um, Edmonton was a very good road team, played well on the road. The Colorado, they go and win in Seattle too. Like they, they had a good road. Uh, who was the other one in the West? Dallas had, and, and they go and win it when they have to on the road. So why that is, I, are they veteran teams that are just comfortable playing anywhere? Is that the new NHL where, you know, that's not the old days and the scheduling's easier to get your rest and, and the travel, all that? You know, I don't know, have the direct answer to that. Um, just more parity to me in the league probably has something to do with team can win any night. Saw it in a couple of game sevens right here we go again so I think it's more that than than anything on a related note I just want to ask you again as somebody who loves the game it used to be different when you played on the road it used to be every rank was different it was intimidating teams did stuff to intimidate other teams and I'm curious what's the thing when you've played on the road that another did to try and get into your team's head? Well, they had no hot water at the Fairmont Hotel last week in Winnipeg, which <laughs> I didn't really like at all. <laughs> um, great hotel, by the way. Great service. Nice people. Just no damn hot water. I don't know. Like, we played the island one year, and we, you had to stay at that Marriott across from the... It was when they were still at the old Coliseum. Yeah. And um, they, they had the... Uh, what do they call that? Pre-game or you know, in football? The, I'm drawing a blank here. Tailgate. So they're tailgating out there all afternoon, and in their vans, and and we're in the hotel, so you could hear it. Like you know, I, I don't know how anybody slept. The alarms are going off at 2:30. You know what I mean? It was one of those. That's not at the rink though. That's at the hotel because you're you're limited with your choices there. If you've ever been there, like you, you're traveling a lot, um, and and I thought that was freaking annoying, but effective. Fans. Some good inside um, info there from Bruce and, Cassidy uh, about some of the hotel troubles there in Winnipeg, Gary. Uh, we, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We have a special guest, Brett Howden, who is on his way up. So we will catch up with him right after this break. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon from Studio 31 here at City National Arena. Ashley Vice with Gary Lawless. And now... One of the stars of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights, Brett Howden. Brett, uh, hi. I think I have an idea, but what have these last uh, four days been like for you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Um, it's nice to get some uh, time off, um, spend some time at home, and uh, good for everybody to, to recover. And uh, now starting to, to gear back up and get ready for the next series to start. How nice has it been to have those uh, four days uh, with your wife, Micah, your new baby boy, Charlie? What's that been like? Yeah, it's been great. Um, both of our parents have been down here helping us out a little bit, but uh, it's uh, it's been a blast. Um, each day he's starting to get a little bit more awake, so he's starting to open his eyes a bit more and kind of notice us. So it's uh, every day it's been a lot of fun. There is. You kind of go through this like ceiling, though, right? You go from young guy with no responsibilities to to dad and all of a sudden like talking to some of the guys in the dressing room they're playing golf on the weekend and going to concerts and uh, 
you were uh, changing diapers. <laughs> yeah, things change quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's all good though. It's it's been a great learning experience. Uh, every day, I feel like I'm, I'm learning more and more. But uh, yeah, things uh, I knew it was coming, but things change. Uh, I'm not on the course right now, uh, so uh, helping out at home and and getting some good family time. What has surprised you the most since becoming a dad? Uh, I think patience. Patience has been good. I mean, he's been, he's been great. He's a great baby, but, uh, I think, uh, that's something that a lot of the guys were, were telling me is that, uh, you'll begin to learn how to be real patient. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been great so far. You get tired. Yeah. I can remember my, my wife still holds this against me. I can remember driving home and pulling up to the house and looking up and the, the nursery, the light was still on. I just kept driving, <laughs> went around the block a couple of times until that light went out because I didn't want to go in and have to deal with it. That was, it's awful. I can't believe I admitted that. But uh, you just sometimes... Some things never change. Sometimes you just, you're physically just, and it's yeah. way harder on the mother than yeah. it is on yeah. the loser dad. But uh, Yeah, and she, she's been great. My wife's been, uh, she's been awesome. She's been uh, a rock star through this. Um Obviously, a lot depends on them uh, the first little bit here. So, um, yeah, she's been amazing. Speaking of rock stars, pretty big game for you in uh, in Winnipeg and really a, a, a real good series for you playing on a line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Yeah. Um, yeah, things changed after that first game uh, and that first period of the second game. We obviously, as a team, didn't really like where we were at, and um, I thought we answered well in the – in the second period of game two and then from there i think we just kind of took over the series um we really didn't uh, take our foot off the gas um we stayed on them and uh, uh i thought we didn't give them the chance to to come back in the series at all what's that like to go into the building where i, I know you were telling dave gosher the last time vegas played the jets in a playoff series you were knocked out uh, and so you came back to winnipeg and we're in the stands with all your buddies yeah. watching uh, the Jets and the Golden Knights play, what's it like to go into that building and and score a big goal and have have a, such a big impact? Yeah, I mean it was uh, I mean it was pretty crazy. It was pretty special going back there to play. Uh, like you said, I, I'd finished junior, so uh, once I was back home there in the playoffs, and I went to Game Two against Vegas. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's crazy how things can change in in a few years. Uh, I was kind of full circle. Um, I was in the crowd, and then uh, five years later, I'm I'm on the ice against them in the whiteout. So um, it was uh, pretty special for me to be a part of, and special for my family. Um, they all got to come to the games. So um, yeah, it was just uh, a really cool experience, and obviously it made it even more cool being able to win both games there. And kind of silence the whiteout so um yeah it was pretty special did i hear happy howie was the nickname <laughs> is that a new thing i've heard there's a lot of nicknames <laughs> i i have quite a few uh pretty much anything goes if you put it with howie i guess uh they uh the guys are making a joke out of that so i, I have a few nicknames it's been clear that it's been a close room for quite some time but has that elevated in just this last two weeks yeah, I mean, I think so. I think all year we've we have such a great group. Um, it's the closest group I've ever been a part of, and um, every day we come to the rink, even during the year, if it was, you know, not our best hockey and we're on a bit of a, a slump, it's it's still good vibes at the rink, and and we make it good vibes so that we're feeling good about ourselves going to the next game. And and like you said, the last couple of weeks, yeah, I think playoffs brings everybody a lot closer. Um, on the road, we're we're all together uh, all the time, and then. 
you know, it, it feels like you're playing it. Well, you are playing every other night pretty much. So you're, you're with the guys a lot. So, um, it's been a lot of fun this year and, uh, lately it's been even more fun being in playoffs with them and, um, pretty special when we have a group like we do. The opportunity to face the Edmonton Oilers is, uh, and, and what happens after that, if you're, if you manage to get through, how do you kind of balance just being ready for the first shift of game one and, and not thinking too far beyond that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for us it's the the biggest thing is just focusing in on the task at hand. You don't want to look at the big picture because if you do that, you get uh, you get too far ahead of yourselves, and that's when things uh, you start getting in trouble. So um, for us, all we're focusing on is, uh, you know, the first game, but more so we're, we're so focused on our starts and the first 10 minutes of the game. So, um, obviously as you get closer to game time, you'll start to dial it into that. But, uh, right now when we're practicing, we're, we're worried about ourselves. We're worried about uh, our game. And then as we get closer to the game, obviously we're going to, you know, start to think about them a little bit more. How would you describe what it's like playing with Mark Stone? Yeah, it's, so well, it's pretty easy to be honest with you. He's, uh, he's so smart. Um, uh, for me, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to get out there and, and create some space for those guys and, um, get in hard on the four check and, and get pucks back. Um, but, um, yeah, I think Gary, you said it at, uh, one of the inter- intermissions interview and how he can make something out of nothing. Um, it's amazing. You get him the puck in an area. It's not even a, a good play or a good pass, but he finds a way to make, make something special out of it. Um, both him and Stevie are the same way with that. So, um, those two have been a dynamic duo for a few years now, so um, I'm just trying to step in and uh, try to do what I can. Well, he can burn you in such a unconventional way, and I think guys just get they give just start to give him space. Yeah, and then once he has a little bit of room to create, he 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 does. He he he'll wait. He'll hold on. Yeah, like the empty netter. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes that play in the neutral zone, and then. Free waits for you to get free and then slides it up to you and it's yeah. uh, like wow gone. Well, I think that's the thing with him is you know over his career he's he created that room for himself just by other players respecting what he's able to do, which gives him more time and space. Because um, if you come at him too quickly, he can make you look silly. So um, he's he's kind of done that himself over his career and. Uh, you can just see once he gets the puck, and he's he somehow always has some space. So, um, yeah, it's uh, pretty special playing with him. You know, I know players all say, "Oh, it's the funnest time of year, the most fun time of the year," but for fans, it is. You know, when they're watching the game, I know I go home and my family's like, "Oh, they weren't very good for a while, and we got so nervous, and then you guys, you, know, you guys win more often than not, and figure things out." What's it like? You know, were you nervous after after game one or uh, after game uh, halfway through game two? Like, what's it like for you to to go to ride that roller coaster? Well, I think that's the biggest thing is it's a roller coaster. I mean, there's a lot of emotion, and um, going into game one, I think all of us had the jitters a little bit. We wanted to, you know, perform well in front of our fans after you know getting home ice advantage, and um, you know, I think there was that anticipation of of the excitement and and wanting to play and looking forward to it and. Um, you know, I think that played into it a little bit, but, you know, after the first period of game two, we, we kind of settled down. I don't think there was no worriness after game one either. We were, we were right back to work the next day, getting focused and ready. And, um, you know, after the first period we had, we, you know, just gathered ourselves in the room. And, um, like I said, that second period and that third period, we really took over and, and, uh, you know, we didn't stop there. So how do you beat Connor McDavid? <laughs> 
Well, it's it's a good question, but uh, obviously they have those two two big uh, big guys up front, and obviously they ran their team the whole year. So um, obviously you're gonna have to be hard on them and and force them to 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 make mistakes and and not give them chances uh, where we can. And um, you know, obviously they they have those two guys, but they got a full team too. Um, we got to be ready to go, um, for whatever lines out there. And I think the cool thing about our team is, is we can roll four lines, um, any night against any team. So, um, I think that's the, the benefit to, to us. That's what's led to a lot of the post game celebrations. Uh, so let me ask you who makes the best Elvis, the best Elvis. Uh, well, I don't know. I think, uh, looks pretty good on ammo he's got a nice little beard with it so it's upsetting i'm giving him a compliment like that but hey it's all right i was about to ask you who makes the worst but i feel like you're too nice but i don't know now you're throwing shots no, at ammo so maybe no. we'll just stick with who's okay the best. Yeah. you guys are loving each other having success right you guys, yeah. you guys seem to be i don't know if you're best friends but uh you have a real bond you sit near each other on the plane and and in the dressing room and uh I know that you really enjoy when he scores and vice versa. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so happy for him. Um, you know, him coming over here on waivers last year and just showing what he can do. Um, he was given the opportunity, and it, it really shows. I mean, scoring 16 goals this year, um, you know, playing on different lines lots of the time. All of us, I mean, injuries happen, obviously, with every team, but um, it felt like we haven't really set our lines until as of late, so... He's had he's had a great uh, you know year and a half going back to last year and uh, yeah just uh, super happy for him. I think that just goes to show um, how close our group really is. I think everybody feels the same way. When Kelly McCrimmon, when he completed the trade for you, I knew a little bit about you because I'd worked in Winnipeg for a while. Uh, he said to me, I asked him a couple of questions and then he finally he said he said Gary, I'm betting on the person. It hadn't gone great for you with the two previous organizations, maybe because you didn't get the right chance and it's really going well for you now. But what does that mean to you when the general manager says, I'm betting on the person? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously pretty pretty good feeling to hear that. Um, I mean, yeah, the my last year in New York didn't really go the way I wanted it to. And, um, yeah, I think coming here, having a fresh start, Kelly – Kelly's seen me play a lot uh, going back to junior. Uh, he coached against me a lot when he was in Brandon. Um, so uh, I think I'm pretty lucky there where he, he kind of knew what I was capable of and had the ability to do even if I wasn't uh, given the right opportunity. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, really helped me out, out a lot. Um, just kind of getting a reset here last year. And, um, you know, I think the uh, opportunity I've been given here has, uh, has made a big difference. Oh, and it certainly paid off, Brett. Thank you for doing this. Good luck in round two. Awesome. We were able to chat with you here yeah. in the next couple days. Thank you, guys. And Thank we you. will head to break. We'll be right back. Thanks, Brett. Welcome back to nighttime at noon, just two days away from round two between the Vegas Golden Knights and Edmonton Oilers. And Medieval Maniacs, we need you in the fortress wearing your favorite gold attire and cheering on your Vegas Golden Knights as they take on the Edmonton Oilers in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tickets for second round games at T-Mobile Arena are available right now. For more information, visit our ticketing page on VegasGoldenKnights.com or contact our ticketing team at tickets at VegasGoldenKnights.com. Gold, gold, gold. That's what we want to yeah, see. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, there will be Edmonton fans there and they will wear, wear orange. 
So you want to drown them out with uh, don't as, wear red like me right as now. As much gold as possible. So yeah. Uh, yeah, gold it is. Gold it is. It shines. It's great. Um, want to go a little bit further into some of the things we've seen around the National Hockey League up to this point. Might as well start uh, in the Western Conference. Seattle and Colorado series. What did you make of the Seattle Kraken advancing to round two? Well, you know, Colorado, you know, they uh, obviously missing their captain, Landis Cog. They traded away Nazem Kadri. They never replaced him. Josh Manson was was injured. Nachushkin got into uh, situation into a situation in Seattle, and uh, you know, no one even knows where he is right now. So publicly, anyways, um, we hope he's safe and in a good place. And if he's not doing well, that he and he gets what he needs to. To get through that, I'm, I'm, I have no idea what his situation is, but there's lots of rumors. So, uh, you know, and Vegas saw last year what it's like to miss all those players. They missed the playoffs last year. And uh, I think that Jared Bednar did a really good job to keep his team together and to get them to uh, to, to the playoffs. But, you know, Seattle's deep and, and balanced, and they came at them. I watched the game. Uh, I watched games four games in that series I think over the over the stretch and uh, they, they were impressive Seattle won't be an easy out and that uh, as hot as Dallas is offensively and then they have that great goalie mm-hmm. Ottinger I, call, Seattle might give Dallas fits that'll be an interesting series what turnaround did you see from Seattle from year one to this year it's it's pretty dramatic well, they got better goaltending uh and then the effect of guys having it was weird when Vegas had the first year Vegas had all their guys had their breakout years in the first year this year you know Bjorkstrand has a great year uh, McCann Jared McCann has a great year it, Vince Dunn it, it it all came a year later for them and then Grubauer really stabilized things for them in the blue line. I think Dave Haxtall grew as a coach and uh, found a way to get his players to play with structure, but also to be free to, to do, to do things well offensively. There's a, I think there's been a little bit of a tweak in, in the, in the coaching approach there. And as a result, you've got a team moving into the second round and, uh, Confidence is a, is a scary thing. Those guys are feeling good about themselves. Uh, with Boston out, and maybe we'll talk about this, that next. Yeah, that's next. That's it next. It kind of feels to me like that. Like there's the playing field is leveled, and there's no no there's no sort of there's no Goliath in the group anymore. It's a bunch of Davids, and we're going to find out uh, who can who can be who can last the longest. And it was Florida. Florida Panthers upsetting yeah. the President's Trophy winners. Not only that, but a historic regular season for Boston. Uh, what do you make of this? Well, you know, Patrice Bergeron had a herniated disc by the end of that series. I think he heard it in Game 82 playing in Montreal. He wanted to play in front of his dad one last time. And, you know, certainly don't uh, begrudge him of that situation. But... Uh, they just not the same with uh, with without him. He's much like Mark Stone changes the Golden Knights when Bergeron is on his game. He changes that team too. Yeah, I think it would be 
you know, be disingenuous not to address the fact that, you know, Bruce Cassidy led that organization for six years. They went to the playoffs every year. They went to the finals in 2019, and they decided to fire Bruce. And Jim Montgomery did a really good job in the regular season. They set records, and then they flopped in the first round. Uh, and, you know, some of that accountability that Bruce, you know, that, that comes with him, uh, you wonder if the Bruins are missing some of that this year and if, uh, uh, you know, if, if Bruce had a been Monty did a great job and uh, I don't think you can question his, what he accomplished this year. But maybe Bruce in the playoffs, you know, would have been, could have got a little more out of them. Uh, Bruce, to me, it's really impressive how he finds ways to win. He, he, the Golden Knights didn't, uh, there weren't many games that if it was close that they didn't win this year. He finds a way to get it done. He has a good pulse for when to change things up, when to make that move for sure. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs win a series. Yeah, it's good for hockey, I think. If they win the Stanley Cup, that won't be good for hockey. That uh, will be painful, especially coming from a Canadian who grew up just outside the the shadow of, uh, (laughs) of Toronto. I wouldn't like that one bit. So... I don't know Vegas Toronto. That'd be a pretty pretty juicy Stanley be. Cup matchup, and uh, yeah, obviously that's a long way to long way off as well. But yeah, good for the Leafs. They got the the first round sort of uh, monkey off their back. Now they play Florida, Florida, and I, I'm sure in Toronto they're like looking at the path and saying we've got a we've got a real good chance to get to the Stanley Cup. Well, you do. You get out of the first round, you get down down to eight teams. You get through that, you're down to four. And I'm I am of the belief if a team gets to the conference final, they've had a successful year. That is, you know, the 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 the, the coaching staff has done a real good job to get the team in the playoffs and win two series. The players have accomplished a lot to get in and win two series. The owner has rung the cash register uh, a number of times because you've had you know, at least four home dates, maybe more, uh, by that by that point. So, um, yeah, it, uh, and then you're down to four, and and who wins the Stanley Cup at that time often comes down to health and hot goaltending, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, the, one more series to the Leafs, and and they can really look at this as uh, has has a big push through. Although now, for in that community, anything less than a Stanley Cup will be disappointed. They lose to Florida. They'll still be crying for, screaming for people to get fired. Well, I'm not saying that about the Vegas Golden Knights, but I am saying that the Golden Knights have high expectations as well. So, Gary, let me end with this. What are you most excited about when you look at the matchup in round two? Well, to me, it's, 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 you know, Vegas has has depth and and Mark Stone, and uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do against uh against McDavid and Dreisaitl and what, what the what Bruce Cassidy can get out of the Golden Knights. There's a path for the Golden Knights to win this series, for sure. And we need all of the Golden Knights fans there in gold on Wednesday or on Toshiba Plaza watching outside. Beard trimmers are going to be back. The whole shebang. It's going to be awesome. But for now, this was Nighttime at Noon. Thanks for watching and listening.